Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Welcome to or welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. Before we get officially started, make sure that you are subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Follow the Oh My Allergies podcast Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies to just keep up with what we are doing and just to see some really cool, fun content to help you navigate life and thrive with your allergies. Rate and review the podcast. Hopefully your rating is five stars and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and people you don't know. So in today's episode, we actually have a guest on the podcast. We have Serene from the Instagram account, Serene Safe here. And I just really enjoyed our conversation. You know, we talked about her allergy journey, you know, what it's like being a vegetarian with food allergies, because you guys know that I'm a vegetarian with food allergies. So I really enjoyed being able to hear more about her journey with vegetarianism, you know, her journey with tip, having roommates while having food allergies, and honestly, just so much more. I just really loved having this conversation with her and I think that you guys are going to be able to learn some stuff from our conversation too but before we get into our conversation you guys know I have to tell you guys what's been going on so what's been going on with me well my classes they're going pretty good um, this week that the episode is going up is week four of me being back in school, which is absolutely crazy to think about, honestly. Um, so I've just been busy with like homework, um, in-class assignments, a group work, you know, things like that. But honestly, one of my big pet peeves about this whole like Zoom university thing is breakout rooms. I flipping hate breakout rooms every time I hear the words breakout rooms I honestly feel so daggone triggered I instantly roll my eyes because I feel like professors or teachers do this when they can't think of anything or they're honestly kind of lazy so they just rush us into these breakout rooms for like 20 minutes at least like three times throughout the class time and my classes are either like an hour or an hour and a half so it takes up the majority of the class time and I I just I just absolutely hate it I would rather look at a slide like a presentation slides and take notes and be able to talk about things that we talked about in the reading I don't want to go in a breakout room with three or four people and talk about the readings with them and then come to the group and then talk about the readings again like no that just gets on my last nerve so that's really just been triggering me is hearing the words breakout rooms I just don't like them to the point where I'm just like if somebody puts me in another breakout room again I will literally scream my head off (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, Some other things that I've been doing is that I've been making purchases from Amazon lately because apparently I hate my wallet. So one of my favorite purchases that I've made lately is actually a devotional book because I've been wanting to get more into like reading my Bible and furthering my relationship with the Lord. So I got this devotional book. It's called New Morning Mercies, I think. And I saw that a lot of people were recommending this devotional and a lot of people that I follow on 
YouTube or on Instagram or on Twitter were like recommending it and say that they use it. So I was like, okay, let me just go get this book. And I've been reading it for the past few days now to just start my day off right and just really be in a good headspace because college can cause you to really definitely be in a different headspace, whether that's with your assignments, whether that's with your social life, with your friends and drama and stuff like that. So I try to keep myself level-headed by listening to like, whether that's inspirational music or listening to inspirational, you know, devotional like audiobooks and just adding this book into you know my daily routine has really just allowed me to be in a good headspace so if you are in the market for a really good devotional highly recommend checking out this one because I just love it so much and I'm so happy that I actually bought it because I've been looking at buying this devotional for a very long time and I was just in one of those moods where I was just like what the heck let's just go get this book so I bought it off of Amazon and literally I just do not not start my day without it so definitely recommend it also when I am doing my devotionals at the bottom it'll have like a bible verse to be able to like look up if you want to you know expand on the devotional that was for that particular day I've been using um, this app it's called Version. I think that's the bible app that I use and I tend to either use like the new King James version or the new international version for anyone who was wondering. Um, another thing that happened to me recently, actually it happened to me this past weekend from when I'm recording this episode, is that I put on like a lotion after I took a shower and the next day I woke up with a rash on both of my shoulders and the rash burns and it itches so bad. It's itching as I'm recording this part of the episode and it's just so annoying and I am so mad because I've used this lotion before but just like not in a long time it just sucks but at least it's still the winter for somewhat and I don't have to show my shoulders yet so definitely am counting on that because it's just super annoying that you know I'm having this reaction but it kind of goes back into some of the different reoccurring themes on this podcast as a whole is that you just never know how your body's gonna react whether you've used this lotion for five years or this is your first time using it like each use your body might react to it totally differently so this is a good lesson that you never know what your skin may do especially because my skin is super 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 sensitive and I'm not even joking in the slightest way when I say that my skin is super sensitive so I wanted to share that story because it's honestly super annoying but hopefully some people can relate to this story but that's basically what's been going on with me lately so I guess I can get right into my foodie likes so both of my foodie likes that I've been liking recently kind of go hand in hand together so I'll just say both of them and then kind of talk about how I use them together. So the first foodie like that I like is from this brand called Nativas, I think is how you pronounce it. Not super sure, but it's their organic cocoa powder. And then I've been really loving the Dandies vegan marshmallows and have been having hot cocoa lately because it's been super cold here and it's kind of been like hot and cold weather in terms of you know what to really expect so on the nights where it's been like super super cold um, my mom and I will make hot chocolate using both of these things and it's just really really good for a while now this is kind of like how we make 
hot chocolate, not really using like the pre-packaged hot chocolate, just because usually that's made with milk chocolate and not dark chocolate. And we prefer like dark chocolate hot cocoa. So we've just found that it's better for us to be able to just get the cocoa powder and then be able to use whatever non-dairy milk uh, works for us so that's what we just do and it's just really good I really love the boldness of the flavor from the cocoa powder I think that it's a really good brand um I just really love the smooth taste of it and it's bitter but it's not too bitter in my opinion so I just really love this combination and normally I'm not a big fan of marshmallows but I've been loving these marshmallows from Dandies and it's so funny because we came across both of these items at Whole Foods and when my mom was like oh they have vegan marshmallows I was like oh my goodness like I'm familiar with the brand Dandies because like a few years back I did like a blog post about different like alternatives for people who have like dairy allergies or want to be able to live a dairy-free lifestyle and I had come across this brand because I was trying to find um, any alternatives to marshmallows that were vegan and this was the only brand that I was familiar with but at the time since it was so long ago um it was kind of very hard to find so I think it's so cool that now they're like in grocery stores and I'm like oh my goodness like I remember them from so many years ago but highly recommend both of them they're really good if you are a hot cocoa guy or gal highly recommend trying them they're just really good and it's kind of like a you know you heat it up on the stove that's how we do it you add your own non-dairy milk of choice uh we put a little bit of coconut sugar in there just to have a little bit of sweetness to it and that's kind of like what we've been doing when it's been cold here so highly recommend it if you like hot chocolate and you're cold because that's usually a good mixture add a good blanket add a good movie or a good tv show you trying to binge it's a really good match made in heaven but those are my two foodie likes that i've really been loving lately so i guess with that being said i can get right into the allergy news So the allergy news article that I'm going to be talking about in this week's episode comes from, I think the place is called Science Alert. Yeah, it's called Science Alert. And the name of the article is, you're not imagining it, climate change is making allergy season start earlier. And so this article really just captured my eye because literally me and my mom, we've been having conversations about our allergies and kind of how we felt like allergy season kind of started a little bit earlier than we expected because normally like I take like a lot of allergy medicine and so I take it to be able to prep my body for when it's allergy season so like because my body and my immune system is really really sensitive when it comes to like pollen and other different irritants like that really just affects me really really bad. I've talked about my experience with my environmental seasonal allergies they're just not the bee's knees at all. So I want to talk about this article because it talks about how with pollen and it talks about how, you know, with pollen grains, you know, they're meant to fly and like they travel like, you know, hundreds of kilometers on the wind. But then it appears now that the, you know, with the climate crisis and climate change happening, it's really accelerated um, that travel. So it's making allergy season in so many different areas of the world start earlier and then last longer. And then each year it gets more severe, which in my case, that's not really what I want to hear at all. And so in the article, they talk about like how in the past three decades, like warmer temperatures from climate 
climate change have caused pollen season in North America to grow by as much as 20 days per year. And at that same time, uh, CO2 levels um, are getting higher, which means that more pollen is being produced overall in the spring. And, you know, trends like this have been noticed in other places like Europe. And so this increase in pollen is exasperating so many different uh, problems respiratorily for people who are allergic. And then also there's like another phenomenon that they say is being um, overlooked. And so they talk about some research from uh, Germany where they found a way that pollen is being transported. And, you know, this world that we're living in that's very warming because of climate change and everything. And with the weather patterns changing and, you know, I always joke about here on the podcast in Georgia where it's like you really just don't know what the weather's going to be. Like it could be like 28 degrees like yesterday and then today it could be like 70 degrees. We love Georgia. (laughs) But I just thought this article was super, super interesting because it talks about how like because of how the weather patterns are changing and like the circulation in the air is changing, how this is really leading to pollen spreading more in new areas that it might not have been in before and it's exposing people to different allergens that their immune systems might not be prepared for. So I thought this would be interesting especially because we are super close to being in the peak of allergy season. You know February is pretty much over and we're getting ready to get into March and I'm kind of just really dreading allergy season especially with reading this article and just knowing how pollen and other different environmental irritants really just don't agree with my immune system so like always we always leave the allergy news article in the show notes so definitely be sure to check out the article but that is the allergy news and with that being said we can get right into introducing our guest which is serene peary from serene safe Like I said earlier in the episode, today's episode, we have a guest. We have Serene Peary from the Instagram account Serene Safe. So if you aren't familiar with her, she is currently a junior in college studying nutrition with an intent to attend medical school after undergrad. She has had several food allergies her entire life to dairy, peanuts, tree nuts, and sesame seeds. And unfortunately, she has had to use her epinephrine injector. Wait for it, guys. 12 times in her 21 years. I know it's crazy. We talk about that in the episode a lot more, Um, but she loves to cook allergy-friendly food, especially to be able to share it with others. And she started at SerenSafe underscore in 2019 as a way to document her journey through TIP, which we also talk about in today's episode, which stands for Tolerance Induction Program with the Southern California Food Allergy Institute, but it has grown her platform uh, to be a place for her to talk about her experiences as a young adult with allergies, but also be able to share her favorite allergy-friendly recipes. So without further ado, let's just get right into the conversation with Serene Peary. Hey, Serene, welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Hi, I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, and I know we met on Instagram, and mm-hmm. I was able to like you know see your profile and everything, and just to say you have a really cool Instagram, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Shameless plug: it's at Serene Safe underscore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before we get started, um, each episode I talk about my foodie likes. So basically, I talk about my favorite items that are food related. So it could be a snack, it could be a book about. food, food, a favorite meal that you've had lately, you know, whatever floats your boat. So I wanted to ask, what are some of your favorite foodie likes right now? Cool. So my all time favorite food has to be, uh, it's a dish that my grandma makes. It's, um, it's actually a recipe that her grandma made, uh, when she was growing up, it's called, uh, it's an Indian food called puris. Um, so puris are like a fried dough, like Indian food, and I eat it with potatoes called aloo. Mm. Um, but the way she makes the puris is like, it, it's special somehow. I have no idea how she makes <laughs> it. No idea what the recipe is, but it's definitely different than like a traditional puri. Um, she calls them bermis and they're just so good. And I only, she lives in California. So I only get them every so often because I'm in Arizona. Um, but that's my all time favorite food. <laughs> oh, wow. Like when you said, when I heard the aloo, I was like, Yes, because I I just love Indian food. I love the spices. So I just, good. So good. It's just, it's one of my favorite cuisines. And I personally like getting um, either like chana masala slash choli persuari. Yes. Love that. Love it. Love it. Yes. I, I have my family recipe, favorite thing to cook. <laughs> and like, I, I wish I could have it like all the time but I know like after a while like if I had it every day I'd probably get sick of it but to be able to like know how to make it at home that's like super cool yeah I grew up because of my allergies I grew up learning to cook from my mom and my grandparents so I've always been into into cooking and that's Indian food is what my grandparents mostly made um so I learned pretty young how to make a lot of different foods and I have a pretty good arsenal of recipes (laughs) yeah me too because one of my favorite things growing up I loved collecting cookbooks because in my mind like at one point in time I wanted to be a chef so I have so many cookbooks oh that's so cool I love that I love that (laughs) yeah like just for like different things like it would be so funny like growing up my mom might go and buy a cookbook and I would be this kid thinking back now I'm like what was I thinking but I'm happy because I have the cookbooks now but uh-huh. I would be like, yeah, so I probably am going to want that cookbook when I grow up. So like, let me go just like get it and use like my gift card I got for like my birthday or something. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> That's or, like, so funny. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Like either, either that, or if we would go to, you know, um, like when Borders bookstores used to be around. Oh I used to yes. Just I sit. remember Borders. Yes. I used to sit in the cookbook aisle and just read them because I just loved, first of all, I just loved the photography because it just looked so pretty. It looks so good. Yes. And then just having just a passion for cooking, like you said, that you had growing up and still do. Mm -hmm. um, It really just made me appreciate food and being able to learn how to make different things. And it really just helps with bringing families together, like because me and my mom, we cook all the time together. Oh, that's so Um, nice. 
Yeah, not probably as much as she would want us to because <laughs> going, being in college and everything. But growing up, definitely, for sure, I was her sous chef. And I went to, like, cooking camps and stuff like that. So I really... I really like cooking. Oh, that's too. so fun. That sounds so fun. I, I'm not the same with cookbooks, but I am the same with YouTube videos, like cooking yes. videos. Favorite channel is Binging with Babish. I think I have seen every single recipe, every single video on Binging with Babish. And I can't even eat most of it because most of the time <laughs> he's using dairy. Most of the time right. he's cooking meat. I'm vegetarian. I'm allergic to dairy, allergic to nuts, <laughs> allergic to so much. And I can't eat most of his recipes. And yet I have seen every single episode. I just love watching him cook. <laughs> well, it's sometimes it can be therapeutic just seeing like it the is. cooking process and you feel like you're in the kitchen with the person. You and do. Like, you can, like, especially if you're like familiar with a lot of like the food items that are in the recipes and like the mm -hmm. spices, like you can just imagine it in your brain. Exactly. And, just, and like, even then I'm able to like, even if I don't use that exact recipe, I can like he talks about some of the techniques or some of the science or like why you use certain temperatures or why you like certain flavors together. And then I take those things and I'm like, okay, mental note. And I use it when I'm cooking later. And it's actually, I found that over the years, as I've started cooking, like on my own, um, mm -hmm. outside of my parents and grandparents' kitchens, mm -hmm. I've, I've like gone back to those little mental notes that I've made while watching those videos and been like, oh, I, I remember he did this for this reason. What if I try it here with my safe food? And it turns out really good. And my cooking has gotten a lot better since I started doing that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love watching like <laughs> YouTube for the cooking stuff. Sometimes I'll watch like the tasty BuzzFeed videos. Oh, and... those are so good. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, like all the different gooey cheese and stuff like that. I can't mm. eat that. But being able to, like you said, customize it to your dietary restrictions and like your allergies and stuff definitely mm -hmm. makes you where you have to get super creative and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's fun. Love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> But um, another question that I have for you is if you could describe having allergies in one word, what would it be and why? So I thought about this a lot and I came to the conclusion that I can't answer this with one word <laughs> because <laughs> my, <laughs> but the phrase is it's helped me grow up. Um, I always, and the why is that I, always had to be responsible for myself from like age five. I would go to play dates at my friend's house and I would have my little like princess fake play purse that had my EpiPen <laughs> in it. And um, I had to know how to carry that and keep track of my medication from a very young age. Um, apparently my mom tells me this story all the time. When I was a kid, I was probably two or three years old. We would go to family events and, you know, big massive Indian families. Everyone wants to give hugs and give kisses, but if everyone is at the party and they're eating nuts or they're eating things that I can't mm. have, I don't want them to kiss me on the cheek and give me a rash, right? Right. So apparently from age two or three, I would say, don't kiss me, I'm allergic. <laughs> to all my family members, <laughs> like, don't kiss me, I'm allergic. <laughs> so, and because of that, I can see um, in myself, like having to talk to managers at restaurants, having to communicate my allergies in pretty much every single setting, whether it's a classroom, whether it's a social setting, whatever it may be. Um, I've had to grow up at a really young age in order to be cognizant of all of that and to be aware mm -hmm. of it and to keep myself safe. 
So not one word, but it's made me grow up faster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely agree with that because as you know, we both have allergies, of course, but I think that one thing that you can't be when you have an allergy or just different dietary restrictions that you're juggling is shy. Uh, you, you just can't be because- You can't be shy. You have to ask questions. Yeah, you cannot be afraid to like voice your, you know, concern or mm-hmm. anything like that. So definitely it does teach you to be comfortable and being in positions where you're going to have to talk to adults at restaurants, like you said, talking to mm-hmm. managers, you know, communicating with your school, communicating with your friends. So really you do, I can see why mm-hmm. you have to grow up, you know, a little bit quicker because you have to learn to have, you know, your own voice and know when to use it. Exactly. Not one to be quiet. For sure. I'm definitely not one to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) If I have a question, I will ask you a million questions until I'm certain I'm safe to eat it. And if I'm not positive, I will, I will wait. (laughs) I will not eat. (laughs) Right. Because to me, just life in general, there's never really a such thing as a dumb question especially for allergies because sometimes you just don't know and like you could be putting yourself at risk for a lot of different things and if you have an anaphylactic allergy you just don't want to put yourself in that situation so exactly it's life or death I it took me a while I was definitely shy when I was a kid I had to learn Mm -hmm. very quickly not to be shy um and it was because of this because I I had to know that I was safe I couldn't risk my life because I was too shy to ask a question Right. Totally. Because, you know, there's been times, you know, as I've been growing up and getting older, dealing with, you know, my allergies and stuff that I've been like, well, you know, I don't want to be a bother. You know, I don't want to bring it up or I get paranoid that if someone knows that I have an allergy, then like, you know, like a monster in law situation will happen where somebody will try to like do <laughs> something really rude. But, you oh, know, man, yeah. <laughs> But I've learned that, you know, you definitely should not be silent um, when it comes to your allergies, especially if it's something that, you know, it could have it where like your breathing could get stopped or you have problems with breathing or just any sort of reaction, you know, is not a fun reaction at all. So whether it's a small... Yeah. So whether it's small or whether it's, you know, really, really bad, you know, still communicate what your allergies are. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you now the question of the Oh My Allergies podcast, which is what's your Oh My Allergy story? All right. So um, I was born in 1999 and around six months old, I my mom was try, trying to transition me from breast milk to formula, but she gave me a formula that had whey in it. Whey is one of the two milk proteins for people who don't know that. Um, and I started having skin reactions. So my doctor recommended that I switch to a soy-based formula or not switch to formula at all. Um, and then at a year old, uh, my birthday is in November. So it's very soon after Halloween. My, it was right before my first birthday and my mom's favorite Halloween candy was Reese's peanut butter cups. So on my first Halloween, she took me trick-or-treating and she ate a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups on the night of Halloween The next morning she woke up to breastfeed me and the peanut protein and the milk protein must have gone through her breast milk. And I had my first anaphylactic reaction at one year old to the peanut protein and the milk protein in her breast milk. 
So after that, I got allergy tested. Um, we found out that I, I was diagnosed with allergies to dairy, peanuts, tree nuts. And then later on, I would add sesame seed to that list. But I think I was allergic to it before I got that diagnosis. Um, so I grew up, I had, you know, obviously had to learn how to deal with the allergies. Um, and then around when I was 17, by the time I was 18, I had unfortunately had to use my EpiPen 12 times. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Various mistakes. Um, you know, obviously nothing malicious mistakes happen. Um, I'm here now, so it's all good. Um, yay. <laughs> yay. But around age 17 or 18, my pediatric allergist recommended to me, he said, Hey, there's this program in Long Beach, California called the Southern California Food Allergy Institute. Um, I don't, he said, I don't quite know what he's doing there, but if you want to look into it, it seems like he's had some success uh, treating kids with allergies. So we put me on the wait list and we, and then in my freshman year of college, I ended up getting off the wait list and I started treatment. And so as of right now, I am about a year and a half into treatment. Uh, it's called the tolerance induction program. Um, nothing it's, you know, it's going to take a while for me to be completely desensitized and that's the hope, but yeah, I'm super lucky to be in that program. And that's where I'm at now. Um, working on treatment and just keeping myself safe until the day where hopefully it works. So you mentioned a tip. Could you explain, you know, more about what tip is and like your experience with it? Yeah. So tip, um, I jokingly describe it as OIT on steroids. That's not the most accurate description, but that's kind of what I tell people. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's slowly desensitizing your body to proteins. So for example, the way he does it uh, is by desensitizing like each individual protein um, and doing it very, very stepwise motion. So for example, to treat my dairy allergy, I had to go through a couple of steps before eating before I'm, I haven't gotten to cow's milk yet, but I've gone through a couple of different types of animal milk that share some similar proteins to human breast milk, some similar protein to cow's milk, and essentially slowly building myself up, adding like one or two proteins at a time. So I started with camel milk and then I got to horse milk, mare milk. Um, and right now I'm at goat milk. Um, and then there's a couple more steps in there. Same thing with the different nut allergies. So yeah, it's a new program. It's slow. Um, I'm hopeful that it's going to work, <laughs> but yeah. That's really cool that you were able to get into that program and to be able to try to desensitize yourself. Like you said, um, when it comes to like your different allergens mm -hmm. and being able to go along that journey, I know you talk about that, um, a lot on your Instagram. Yes. Um, account. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I document where I'm at in treatment, um, that kind of stuff. Also recipes. Cause I have to eat, uh, part of the program is that all the foods that I've cleared up till this point, I have to eat them every single day. And, oh, wow. you know, it can be tiring eating like the same thing every day. So I've found ways to spice it up. And I, I know there's a lot of people um, that I've met through Instagram who I follow and they follow me who also have kids in the program. So sharing recipes and like that, I find um, has been helpful. Keep things, keep things interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah. So what is your favorite like recipe or recipes to make since you said that, you know, you have to incorporate all these different um, things into your diet and have to eat them every day and, you know, not get tired of Mm -hmm. eating the same things every day. Yeah. Tip related recipe. I think my favorite thing that I've done is like, I don't know if you've seen on like Pinterest or whatever, those little energy ball things where normally the recipe is like you blend up a bunch of dates and you can add like other people who don't have allergies will do like almonds and whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever else nuts. Um, and, and then like you, it becomes a sticky ball and you just form it into balls. Um, I've, uh, kind of modified that recipe to do like each nut and seed that I've cleared up till this point. So that's, I have like hazelnut and walnut and, uh, macadamia nut, a couple others. Um, and I grind those up with some dates and it comes, it turns into a little, uh, little bite bite-sized thing. Um, that helps me not get sick of it. Haven't made those in a while, but it was, I think one of the better ideas that I've had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know you mentioned macadamia nut. That's a nut that, um, I I'm really allergic to. Oh man. And literally when I heard it, I like cringed in the inside because I don't know, because of me having an anaphylactic reaction two macadamia nuts and that was like super super scary so every time that I either see a macadamia nut or I hear the word macadamia nut I'm like where is it (laughs) I oh I don't blame you the allergy anxiety is so real it's so real I find myself like I'll I'll, like wipe my counters multiple times even if like I I was alone in my apartment for a time so obviously I wasn't making anything with my allergens and and still I was like I need to wipe the counters I need to make sure everything's clean um <laughs> the paranoia it's it's yeah it's it's hard sometimes yeah and just having to I think I've gotten a lot better but especially when it like was fresh like the reaction was fresh in my brain and like oh, I yeah. dealt with it it was it was very it was very traumatizing I was like oh my gosh I felt like I was gonna Those- die reactions are are very traumatizing I completely feel you I I definitely agree like in the weeks after an anaphylactic reaction I was my anxiety was a lot worse it was a lot way heightened like yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I know you mentioned that you know you have all these food allergies and that you are vegetarian at the same time and I know that well First, I'll say that I'm a vegetarian as well for people who are listening that didn't know, (laughs) but that's something we have in common. And I always like to ask people, you know, what made them want to be a vegetarian? Because I know people have different reasons behind it. So I just want to know what made you want to be one. So for me, I grew up um, in my house. My dad, he wasn't vegetarian. He ate anything. And my mom was vegetarian. Um, So when we were being raised, I'm also Hindu. And so because I'm Hindu, we don't eat beef. We don't eat red meat. So growing up, I was, my mom fed me chicken and turkey. And eventually I started eating fish on my own. Um, and so up until my freshman year of college, that's what I did. I ate uh, chicken, turkey and fish. And then mm-hmm. when I got to college, um, my school's dining hall, the, the dining hall that I went to most often had a vegan station. And I trusted, you know, they had ingredients available online that I was able to read. So I felt comfortable eating in the dining hall. And I know a lot of people don't have that experience. So I'm definitely lucky to have had that. Um, And most days I would just choose to eat at the vegan station because I knew vegan would definitely be dairy free. I could talk to them about making it cross-contamination free and I could read online to see if there was nuts in it. 
And Mm -hmm. so because I was eating at the vegan station pretty much every day for my entire freshman year of college, this was two years ago, I'm a junior now. um, I realized that I just happened, I just accidentally became vegetarian because I was always eating the dining hall, wasn't eating meat because I was always there. And eventually I was like, when I realized that, I also happened to be surrounded by a, a lot of my friends that I made freshman year were vegetarian. So I just happened to be surrounded by people who were vegetarian. And so eventually I was like, do I even really miss chicken? Do I miss it at all? No, I didn't. And I was, you know, obvious, I was getting all the nutrients that I needed. I was eating just fine. And so I just decided, you know what? Cool. No more chicken, no more turkey. I still, I, I'm call myself vegetarian. Technically, I guess I'm pescatarian because I do still eat fish sometimes because um, that just allows me to have a little bit more options because of the allergies. But yeah, it just kind of happened by accident and I haven't really missed it in the last two years. It's so, yeah, it's been about two years now. My story's a little bit different, but kind of similar at the same time. So growing up, I was a vegetarian naturally just because my of my surroundings like my mom and like other people in my family were vegetarians as well so that's kind of like how I grew up and then at a certain point in time my mom like like allowed me to be able to you know venture out and want to try different things so I would mainly just have chicken I didn't really eat anything else but chicken really Mm -hmm. and then like towards like the end of me not really being a vegetarian anymore I started incorporating turkey it was so funny my mom would make jokes and say like you know it's so hard to make like your school lunches because you don't eat turkey and you don't (laughs) eat like peanut butter and jelly like everybody else (laughs) and so I'm like I'm sorry um but what made me want to be a vegetarian um well technically a pescatarian um because I do eat fish um yeah just cool we're on the same same page (laughs) yes same reason you do because like with all the things that I don't eat I'm like well I need something you need something you need some (laughs) options (laughs) yes so uh, what made me want to go back to being a pescatarian um is because I wanted to see if if I would miss it Mm -hmm. and then I took it out and then I was like well I don't really miss it so I guess I'm just gonna be a pescatarian again so exactly that's exactly how I was I was like I don't really miss it and I also knew that uh, I felt a lot better like I Mm -hmm. I just I felt like meat felt really heavy um that's just you know my own personal feeling about it and then um I also know that like there's a lot of environmental negativities to eating meat Mm -hmm. um and if I could lessen my carbon footprint a little bit by doing that and it didn't really harm me in any way I was happy to do it so it was a combination of reasons but mostly the fact that I just kind of accidentally became vegetarian through the dining hall and then I was like cool this is this is what it's like now yeah plus you get to save money too so that's always that's always it's a lot less expensive it's true very a lot less expensive I also again same thing my mom was vegetarian and she did most of the cooking growing up Mm -hmm. so even when I ate chicken it happened to be like it was only ever when we ate at restaurants Mm -hmm. or it was like chicken nuggets like it my mom never cooked it so I was I didn't really miss it all that much and the the few recipes that I do miss like I had a chicken recipe that I used to make like an Indian chicken curry that even though I don't want chicken anymore I still really miss that recipe. I found ways to make it vegetarian. I do like a creamy tofu instead of chicken, or I've done it with chickpeas instead of chicken. 
So there's ways to make it work. Yeah, I know for me, when I first became a pescatarian again, the hardest thing for me was, um, I think it was turkey bacon. That was like the hardest thing for me. Because I was like, I uh. used to really love turkey bacon. And so <laughs> when I would go to my grandparents' house and my grandma would um, make it for like Sunday brunch or whatever, mm-hmm. and she would be like, do you want some? I'm like, no, I just became a pescatarian. I'm good. She was like, you sure? And then I'd like, this is so weird. I don't recommend, but I would go over to where she was making the bacon and then I like sniff it and then I'd be like, I'm good. Don't show it to me again. Don't show it to me again. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's so funny. Just the smell was enough. You're like, cool. I, I got my fix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, obviously I can walk past it and be like, eh, you know, because yeah. it's been how many years? It's been, ooh, it's been maybe seven years. Oh, wow. Like seven, eight years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think seven (laughs) or eight years. (laughs) I saw you realize that on your face. That was so funny. (laughs) I was like, wait, has Uh, it really been that long? It really has. Even when I said, like, it's been two years, I was like, freshman year was two years ago? What? I know. Don't even. (laughs) It's, I don't even know. Time goes by really fast. Like, I'm about to graduate from Congratulations. And I'm just like. Oh, (laughs) Thank you, but like, it's like, also, it's what? like a bunch of emotions. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I just blinked and I'm like, wait, what? I'm supposed to be getting my diploma in months? This is so Yikes. weird. <laughs> You're like, where did it, what happened to the last few years? What happened? Right, right, exactly. But I know that, and we talked about this a little bit, but I know one thing people ask me is what do you eat because of the mixture of, you know, having allergies and then being, you know, a pescatarian and, you know, plus I'm kind of like a part-time picky eater. (laughs) So they're like, you know, like, what do you eat? So I just wanted to know, like, what has been your experience with, you know, juggling being, you know, a pescatarian, vegetarian uh, with food allergies? So for me, I... um... Indian food happens to be vegetarian, like a vast majority of the entire Indian subcontinent is vegetarian. So most of the food is vegetarian to begin with, which was an easy start for me as a kid. I ate a lot of vegetables, a lot of vegetable dishes. Um, And then I also like, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about tofu. I am a firm believer that if you don't like tofu, you haven't had the right kind of tofu. There's there's ways yes. to make tofu really delicious. And if you don't like tofu, it's because you haven't had delicious tofu. <laughs> uh, I totally agree. Thank you. It's it's <laughs> so good. And you just, you know, I I eat a lot of tofu. Um, I have plenty of tofu recipes that I eat. My favorite, I had tofu scramble for dinner last night. It was delicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm pescatarian. So fish is still an option. Um, also, it's 2021. There are vegetarian substitutes for everything. I just before starting recording this, I had like vegetarian meatballs with some pasta sauce as my lunch and it was so good. They're like soy-based protein and it's great. Mm -hmm. Obviously I know it would, if you have a soy allergy, it's probably a lot harder to be vegetarian because a lot of the meat substitutes are soy-based or even wheat-based. Luckily I don't have that issue. So I, a, a lot of tofu, a lot of, a lot of beans too. I love, um, I love black beans. I love um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, allergy friendly. Uh, our allergy friendly favorite place, Chipotle. 
Chipotle is great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love getting like the sofrito bowl. Yes. 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 We love, I love their sofritas. It's so good. And it's, I- it can be vegetarian. I also, I don't even get sofritas every time I go. I, mm-hmm. I just do like rice, beans, vegetables, guacamole, salsa, and it, it's still filling. It's great. So yeah. Yeah. I when you said firm believer, I was like, that is so punny. I don't know if he even tried to <laughs> accidental do that. Accidental pun. That was accidental, but I'm I'll stick by it. <laughs> I was like extra firm, firm believer. Extra firm tofu believer. <laughs> yes. Oh I, for me, like I've never really been a person that is like the like the regular textured tofu just because I just find it really slimy and yeah. I know a lot of people use that for like smoothies and mm-hmm. stuff but I just like extra firm I haven't tofu. tried those I've seen those I've seen those recommendations haven't tried it but I I go with extra firm too it's easiest to cook with and I uh my favorite trick is I put it in cubes and then I coat it in like cornstarch and salt and then I have my air fryer is my best friend my best favorite thing in my kitchen is my air fryer um <laughs> So oh, I yes. throw them. I'm shaking yep. my head. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I see you shaking your head. Um, <laughs> I, if you coat the tofu in cornstarch and salt, it literally comes out tasting like a vegetarian chicken nugget. Like it's so crispy on the outside and like soft on the inside because the tofu is still soft. So good. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know sometimes when I go to um, Whole Foods, they have this thing called a, like a, like a chicken fried uh, tofu that's vegan and Ooh. I've tried making that at home and so kind of it's, it's kind of similar to yours and it tastes so good that sounds so good so chicken good. fried tofu I'm I'm writing that down I'm gonna go get it for <laughs> dinner that sounds so good <laughs> yeah no it's it's really good like if you are a person that even if you haven't been a vegetarian for long or you have been a vegetarian for long I feel like it's something that you still should try because it's just really good if you like used to like fried chicken or maybe you didn't but you want to try something different yeah yeah it's it's really good I'm I'm a big fan of trying new things so if you're not vegetarian and you're wondering how the heck could you be vegetarian and have allergies try it it's it's not it's not as hard as you might think no, it's not. It's and really not. People, it's not. And it's so funny because people, when I'm, you know, when I was on campus at school, you know, pre-pandemic and everything, um, people are like, what do you, what do, what do you eat? Like, do you just eat like salad all day, every day? I'm like, no. No, there's so much more to eat. And I know I said like, I eat pescatarian because it's easier to have an option for fish. But honestly, I rarely eat fish anyways. It's very, right. very rare. Um you know, it's only like if I'm going out to eat, which again, pre-pandemic, I don't go out to eat anymore. Um, I cook it myself occasionally, but I, you know, I live on campus in an apartment. Like I don't always love to keep fish in my freezer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, it's, I have the option to eat fish, but I don't use it very often because it's not that hard to eat vegetarian and allergy friendly. Obviously, again, that's because my allergies are within the top eight and I don't have a soy allergy. Um, you know, obviously different people have different restrictions, but for me, it hasn't been an issue at all. I think being, I think the fact that veganism has become super popular recently has helped mm-hmm. because, 
you know, obviously dairy allergy and vegan are very different. One's a choice, one's life-threatening, but the fact that there are dairy-free options available for people who choose to be vegan and because it's becoming more popular, those options are becoming more available. It's made my life a lot easier because again, I could find the dairy-free foods. I can trust that a vegan food is going to be dairy-free. Obviously, right. it's not going to be nut-free. I have to still check ingredients for nuts, but it it narrows down a little. It makes it a little bit easier. And again, that's how I ended up being vegetarian in the first place was the vegan station at my dining hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's so funny. Like when I would be in the dining hall and people would be going for, you know, like the vegan options and stuff. And I'm like, now I got to fight with all these meat eaters who want to eat vegan <laughs> on an occasion when, you know, I I eat like this all the time. Uh-huh. I would be so mad. Like I would go to the cafeteria to have like breakfast or something and they would have like some like vegan um, like sausage patties Ooh, or something like oh, that. Oh, those are so good. So, yes, I love are. those and things. So, <laughs> Yes. And so I would go and get them for breakfast and they're like, oh, we're out. I'm like, oh, and then I would be so mad. I'd go, I go, you know, sit with my friends at the table and I'd be like, yeah, like they said they ran out of the vegan breakfast sausage. And I'm so mad because I was really in the mood to have one. And I go look at my friend's plate that I know is not meatless, you know, who will eat the regular the eat- meat sausage. Yes. Yes. And she had it next to her on her plate. She had both of them. I was mad. I was big mad. One thing as as an allergy person and a vegetarian person, but more so as an allergy person, don't touch my food. Do not touch my food. Yes. (laughs) I have my own food. A lot of times my family, like if they're making a big spread of food, they'll pull aside like a couple dishes that they know are safe for me. They don't want people mixing spoons or whatever. So they'll pull aside mine and put it on a different counter. And I I see someone walking there and I'm like, don't touch my food. That's mine. You can eat over there. You can eat everything over there. Don't touch my food. This is me at Thanksgiving. (laughs) This is me Thanksgiving. I'm not a fighting. I'm a peaceful person. I won't fight a lot of people, but don't touch my food. I will fight you. <laughs> Honestly, because it's there's always like that one person, it might be an aunt, it might be a cousin that's like, ooh, what's that? Let me try it. I'm like, no, there's the regular person's version <laughs> all the way over there. You can go try that. And then this is mine. Exactly. This is mine. This is mine. I can't eat all that stuff. I can only have this. So don't touch it. It's mine. Don't touch it. <laughs> No, that oh my gosh, it just gets on my nerves. That 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 just brought back some memories from a previous oh, Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> I was like, and I and I looked at and I looked at my relative. I was like, you have to be you have to be joking. You not only have a piece of my allergen friendly dish, but then you have the regular version of my allergy friendly oh, alternative dish. That's even more infuriating. You have two versions of the same. Oh my gosh, two versions of the same thing. Good. <sighs> deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. But um, I know one thing that you post about on your Instagram is, you know, you being a student, we've talked about, you know, a little bit about college. Um, and I know that you are studying to be a uh, nutrition student. So I wanted to know, like, what it's like being, you know, a nutrition major and, you know, what made you want to do it? So I actually started off as a bio major. I'm pre-med. So eventually um, after, after undergrad, I'm going to be applying to medical school, all that fun stuff. So 
so I started off as a bio major and then I got really bored by the bio major. So I was like, <laughs> and it was actually partially because of Serene Safe, my Instagram account, that I was like, I'm really into food. I'm really into cooking. I'm really into sharing recipes. I would love, I, and I was really interested in nutrition. So I switched into the nutrition major about a year ago and I've loved my nutrition classes since I got started. Um, it's I, I love all my classes. They're super interesting. I, I had an exam earlier today, but it actually, it went well. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a lot happier in the nutrition major in the nutrition major than I was in the bio major. Um, and then, yeah. So after undergrad, the hope is to go to medical school. I thought for a while, maybe I'll be an allergist. Uh, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into a certain specialty right now because I know mm -hmm. there's a statistic like at least half maybe more of the people who uh go into medical school wanting a certain specialty a bunch of people change their minds so I'm thinking allergy but also wherever I end up really liking we'll see in a couple years right right that's leads kind of into my next question um like what's the biggest area like I guess in the world of like nutrition that you're curious about and why so I have had in my head like I've I again I love sharing recipes I love cooking and I honestly love just like making up my own recipes um you know I'll read a bunch online and then I'll kind of not even make if it's not making up my own at least at the very least like reading like five different versions of the same recipe and then like taking elements from each and making my own dish and it turns out really mm -hmm. good. Um, and I was like, I would love to do this and also make sure that uh, the meals are actually nutritionally balanced, right? We were just talking about people are like, well, what do you eat? Do you just eat salads all the time? And obviously just eating salad all the time isn't the best. You're not going to get all your nutrients. You're not going to get everything you need. So right. I was like, there's definitely a way to be allergy friendly and vegetarian and healthy and nutritionally balanced and get all the, everything that you need. And so I'm, I'm learning a bit about that. Um, you know, I'm still only a year into the major. I have a little bit to go, but it's, it's been nice, like understanding all of that. And then, you know, there's also aspects to the nutrition major that's like biochemistry and like how everything is absorbed in your body. And I find that stuff really interesting. Like what happens, um, like if you have a certain condition and how that affects the way you absorb your nutrients. I, I, I find that stuff really interesting. So, yeah. But I mean, that stuff, when you really think about it and like how like the human body works, like it's very interesting. It's very like very thought provoking. The human body is a intricate machine. It is fascinating to me. I am so fascinated by it. It's beautiful, honestly, <laughs> how, how, how meticulously and how, well the human body works together yeah it's definitely crazy like even from whether you're studying that in college and you want to go in that to that profession or even if you're just a person that just has an allergy to know like how the body works of like you eating like an allergen and like what your body does mm -hmm. to be able to like quote unquote you know protect itself from the allergen and it's just really just fascinating honestly it's completely fascinating i love it i love I, oh, I'm such a nerd. I love learning about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know one thing that you have on your Instagram um, is your project, the Face and Food Allergies Project. So I just wanted to know if you could like walk us through um, I guess your journey of the challenges you've had with you discovering, you know, your food allergies and how that led to you wanting to start up that project. Yeah. So the facing project is, uh, it's an organization that I have a cousin who has worked with them before. And essentially their goal is to bring people together for conversations. So people who have experienced a certain thing and people who haven't, but who are willing to listen and you pair people up and together they write a story. So i was my cousin approached me and she was like, Hey, I think facing food allergies would be a really great topic. So we, mm. we went through together and we started the project. Essentially the goal is to pair up a storyteller. So somebody who has food allergies or a parent of a child with food allergies, whatever it may be, and a writer. So someone who has not experienced what it's like to have food allergies, but is willing to listen and help collaborate with the storyteller to write a story. Um, and then that story, it'll come to us, our editors will read it and, and we can publish it on our website. And then the hope is eventually, if we have enough stories, if we raise enough money, uh, the hope is that we can eventually put all those stories compiled into a book. And Ooh. yeah, so essentially the project right now uh, is just gathering stories, gathering storytellers and writers and pairing people up and getting people to work together to tell their stories. So if anyone is interested in sharing their story or if anybody is interested in helping someone write their story, we actually, we need a lot more writers right now than we do need storytellers, but we, we need both. So please, if anyone's interested in signing up, the link is facingproject.com slash food allergies. It's also in the bio of my Instagram. Um, and essentially the goal is to bring people together, tell stories and hopefully get more people to understand what it's like to have a food allergy. It's not just, you know, it's not just, I can't eat peanuts. It's, I can't eat all these foods. And if I do, I'll go into anaphylactic shock and the anxiety that comes with that and all the different things that people do in order to keep themselves safe. Everyone's a little bit different. So I thought that, you know, because everybody's story is different, it would be great to have people come together and tell their stories. Yeah, I think that's very a good point because I know when I tend to talk to people who may not have, you know, a food allergy or an allergy just in general, like they just think like, oh, like you can just take a pill for this mm -hmm. or it's not that big of a deal when people tend to just think just about like the actual food item, but they don't tend to think about, you know, like some of the mental things that go on with having an allergy. Like you talked about yeah. anxiety, talking about stress, you know, yeah. all of these, you know, things that could affect your mental health um, really do Even things like cross-contamination. Like people don't even yeah. understand that like if I use a spoon to pick up butter and then I, even if I rinse the spoon off, you have to use soap and water, right? And people don't realize that. So the goal of the project is to bring people together, get people, get more people to understand what it's like the day-to-day -day of living with an allergy, um, share people's stories. Um, if any, whoever's willing to share, willing to write, um, and then, you know, that's, again, that story would come into us. We would edit it, um, work together to make the story publishable and then publish it on our website. Um, what are like some must have items that you have to have like in your medical kit? 
All right. So my medical kit goes everywhere with me, as I'm sure everyone listening <laughs> who has allergies understands. I have two EpiPens. I have a bunch of Benadryl. I have I have asthma too. So I have my rescue inhaler. Um, my absolute go-to item is I have a miniature like battery operated pulse oximeter. So it goes on my finger and it doesn't work if you have nail polish on. So I also have like a little nail polish, like swab in there or like a a pad, acetone pad in there. Um, And (laughs) essentially that has been a huge help to me. I've had multiple instances as I'm sure maybe you have um, where I'm like, I don't know if I'm reacting, like, is this anxiety? Is this seasonal allergies or is this the beginnings of anaphylaxis? I don't know. Um, in the beginning stages, it's super hard to tell. So my pulse oximeter, it, you know, it keeps track of my pulse. It'll tell me, uh, my O2 sat. And so I'm able to keep an eye on like, if my O2 drops below 95, then I know, I'm probably having a worse reaction than I think I am. And that's when I know like, it's time to grab the Benadryl. It's time to grab the EpiPen. It's time to maybe call 911 or my mom or at someone, maybe make sure I'm not alone at the very least. Um, so yeah, my, my pulse oximeter. And also the other uh, fave item in my <laughs> med bag, <laughs> uh, I know I'm, I'm sure people maybe know that liquid medications tend to work faster than pills. And so uh, even though it's easier to carry around Benadryl pills, the liquid Benadryl will work better, but obviously carrying around the big bottle with the medicine cap is a nuisance. So I've gotten little syringes with little cap twist on caps that I can actually measure out a dose of the liquid Benadryl. And I have a couple syringes with the liquid dose in it. So if I ever need it, I've had instances where I needed to grab very quickly a liquid Benadryl, twist off the cap, squirt it into my mouth and it works really quickly because it's a liquid oh wow. yeah that's actually that, that's yeah a that's tip. <laughs> <laughs> pro tip pro tip from yeah, someone who had anaphylaxis twice uh 12 times <laughs> yeah write that down folks <laughs> she knows her stuff <laughs> yeah no definitely agree with the liquid medication stuff i always have benadryl um, of course, other things as well, but Benadryl, of course, the liquid form, and I have it all the time, especially if I'm on campus in my backpack, readily available in the front mm-hmm. flap. So, like, if something's happening, I just got to zip it and pull it out yep. type of thing. Because exactly. You just, you Everyone just I know, know, all of my friends, I've made sure that every single person knows, like, this is where the EpiPen is, this is the zipper where the Benadryl is. Mm-hmm. I, I've given like a, a proper like tour of my medical kit to all of my closest friends, my roommates, everyone that I've ever lived with, everything. Yeah, and you know, just things you gotta do when you have an allergy. Yeah, because I think that that's good that you talking about, you know, the importance of everyone around you needing to know, you know, okay, if you're in an instance and I'm around, you know, this is what you need to do if I'm not able to do it myself. Mm-hmm, exactly, I because I... I especially realized the importance of that. So uh, I'm about to tell a story of a time I had anaphylaxis, just letting people know in case if that's something that gives them anxiety, if you want to skip this part. But I had an instance um, when I was 18 where I had an anaphylactic reaction. Essentially, I grabbed the wrong milk carton out of the fridge. I thought uh, it was soy milk. And it turns out my mom had bought a different brand of milk than she normally buys. So it was Horizon brand. It was in a red carton, same as my silk soy milk in a red carton. Um, didn't pay super close attention and I grabbed the wrong carton because I was having a conversation with someone who was sitting right there. 
um, took one sip of the milk. It was straight cow's milk in uh, coffee and like one sip. And within 10 minutes, my mom, I was in the car. My mom was trying to drive me to the ER and I actually lost consciousness. That was the first time that I had ever lost consciousness due to anaphylaxis. Um, again, I ended up being fine. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but that was really scary. And so after that, I especially realized like everyone around me needs to know what's going on in case if something like that happens again, mm -hmm. in case if I lose consciousness again, um, I need people around me to know what they need to do. It can't just be me. Cause obviously if I am unconscious, I can't do give anything. anyone instructions. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's Wow, that's really crazy. Yeah, never, it was it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I've never lost consciousness. Um, I was close to it once, and I was oh boy. and I was like, oh my gosh, this cannot be happening. This cannot be happening. And I was trying to like calm myself down because I felt like I was having like an odd out of body experience, and I was like looking at myself, and it was just it's just definitely don't play around when it comes to anaphylaxis. Yeah, don't play around when it comes to anaphylaxis. It's 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 scary. It's life threatening. Um, again, I ended up being fine. I actually, I, I came to like pretty quickly after that, luckily, but yeah, it was, it was terrifying. So another question I have for you is you mentioned, you know, living with roommates and of course you're in college. So how do you juggle, you know, having food allergies and other allergies while, you know, having a living space where, you know, you're not just by yourself and you having to share living spaces and stuff like that? Right. So I had a little bit of practice with it growing up. Um, my house wasn't completely allergy free. Like, like I said, my mom was vegetarian and one of her main sources of protein was peanut butter. So peanut butter was present, the ha present in the house. Um, my mom, uh, you know how some people need their coffee every day. My mom needs her chai every day. She <laughs> makes herself a cup of Indian chai every single day, <laughs> twice a day. And she, uh, up until like oat milk is like a new thing, but up until she found oat milk, there was really no substitution where she could enjoy a cup of chai. So my house had peanuts in it. My house had dairy in it. Um, so I had practice growing up, making sure that everything was clean, making sure that the, the counters were all wiped down, stuff like that. So living with roommates wasn't a huge change for me because I was used to living in a space where not everything was completely allergy friendly. When I lived in my very first dorm, first time living away from home, we sat all of my roommates down. We said, hey, here's her allergies. Here's how to use her EpiPen. Um, you guys can obviously keep food in the fridge. You can keep your aller her allergens around. Just make sure you wipe up. Um, I actually had an experience that made me feel really good where one of my roommates was like, hey, I'm making, I made cereal today and a, t a little drop of milk spilled on your towel in the kitchen. I'm going to all wash it with my laundry. And I was like, cool. So I, I know that I can trust that she's being careful. Um, Cause I think she literally said it was like a drop of milk, which obviously I would still ask her to wash it. But the fact that she took initiative on her own yeah. made me feel good, made me feel comfortable living there. Um, again, it's all about communication. Uh, no stupid questions, no stupid answers. Um, make sure you talk to people, make sure you communicate your needs, make sure you communicate. Um, in my apartment right now, I've bought a pack of like wet wipes and a pack of Clorox wipes and a pack of reusable wipes. And I just told my roommate, hey, uh, you can eat or use whatever you need. Obviously, I'm not telling you not to eat my allergens, but if you do, just wipe up the counter after you're done, just be sure. I have my own set of pots and pans that's separate um, that I only cook allergy-friendly food in. I have my own utensils and my own plates just in case. Um, and yeah, so it's 
you know, obviously an adjustment, obviously it's not a normal living situation, but it's manageable. Yeah. I know sometimes, you know, from, you know, either experience or either just from other people that I've talked to that I know that deal with it going on to, you know, either a college campus or living, you know, with roommates for the first time, uh, having to deal with that and having to, you know, have those types of conversations with your, your roommates and who you're living with and making sure that they respect the fact that you have food allergies, um, whether, you know, you have them and you have, you know, what could be considered quote unquote minor reaction or if it's something that's super life threatening all any like any form of an allergic reaction should be taken just as seriously um exactly knowing that you know it's not okay to just leave like your allergen on the countertop or have it where you're cutting something up whether you know it's cheese for dairy or you're using nuts and you just have them down on the countertop and yeah just being careful yeah exactly and again it's all about communicating with your roommates communicating with the people around you make sure they know make sure everything's separate and and for the most part i've had actually not for the most part i've i've had really good experiences um with all of my roommates i know some people have not been so lucky i've heard some horror stories of people with allergies and roommates but i've been lucky um and knock on wood i'm i'm going to continue uh having good experiences yeah because it's it's just a nightmare I've not personally had like a bad experience luckily the last time I had a roommate she had an allergy too so that was really nice to have it where you're living with someone who has an allergy as well and then just being someone who understands that must be helpful yeah but you know other than that situation that was I think the only situation where I was actually living with someone who had an allergy as well other people you know I had to have that conversation with them and it's like hey like make sure you're cleaning up after yourself don't just have like things just laying on the countertop that has like cheese or dairy or if you're making cereal you know make sure you're cleaning up after yourself or you know just don't have nuts Mm -hmm. just like out there especially macadamia nuts just being you know conscious like you were saying Mm -hmm. and just having those conversations so i know you get pretty interactive on your instagram Mm -hmm. through you know whether that's polls or having it where people do like you do like the little like instagram thingy where people like can ask you questions and you answer them or doing little games that just overall just helping with spreading awareness for food allergies and you know as we've been talking throughout this whole conversation just helping people understand you know the seriousness behind them so i thought that we would play a game that we yeah something that we have recently just implemented on the podcast where i'm gonna read off ingredients for a dish and then we're gonna see if you can spot you know what ingredient is an allergen and so the majority of the allergens they're gonna come from the top eight list okay but even if you spot an allergen that is not in the top eight, you can say them, of course, especially if you are allergic to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it would be fun. All right, let's go. Okay, so we're going to start off, you know, kind of, you know, we're going to kind of go through different stages where some might be easier to be able to spot and then we'll just go from there. All right. So the first one, frozen blackberries, frozen strawberries, frozen blueberries, frozen raspberries, uh, vanilla whey protein powder, and yogurt? Uh, it's the whey protein powder and the yogurt. Whey, like I, I remember I mentioned this earlier, whey is one of the two proteins in milk, and whey protein powder 
is such a little booger to deal with with a dairy allergy. <laughs> yes. You say whey protein and people don't realize it's dairy, but it is. Um, and obviously yogurt, dairy based, unless if you're using like a coconut yogurt, but you didn't say that. So it's yogurt. <laughs> yeah. I know with whey, like just because some people, they think like, oh, if you have like a milk allergy or a dairy allergy, you're just looking for milk or cheese or eggs mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And that there's like, you know, little different alternative names for all these different things. Exactly. You're looking for whey, you're looking for casein, you're looking for... I mean, it could even be lactose, uh, depending, different names that people don't always know about. Yeah. So let's do another one. So (laughs) all right. the next one, I'm just going to be listing some ingredients. So parsley, uh, raisins, salt and pepper, couscous, almonds, uh, vegetable broth, garlic cloves, onion, cumin and cinnamon, and olive oil. Almonds. Also, this recipe sounds delicious without the almonds. <laughs> yeah, it's Moroccan couscous. That sounds really good. Uh, I will keep, <laughs> I will make a note of that. Uh, but yes, Middle Eastern, Moroccan, Indian foods tend to have like nuts in them. I found like cashews in Indian food and mm-hmm. almonds are, I know are pretty present in Indian food as well. Um, so those are cuisines that I have to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, because there's a lot of different. I, I know even for like Thai food, like you find a lot of peanuts. Thai food. Yep. A lot of peanuts and Thai food. But also an allergen that was in there that I was kind of um, really kind of shocked by is couscous because couscous is made from wheat. Oh, yeah. It's a wheat. Yeah. I did. I did know that. I forgot about that. Couscous is made from wheat. Oh. <sighs> So I got the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew th- I got the obvious one. <laughs> well, like some people don't even know like what couscous is. Like there's so many people that I know mm-hmm. that they're like, well, w- like what is it? And like what is it made mm-hmm. out of type of thing? Yeah. 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 It is made from wheat. So let's do another one. All right. So green onions, maple syrup, lime juice, liquid aminos sesame seeds, ginger, red pepper flakes, garlic, um, oil, and dried bean curd knots. All right. So I know that bean curd is code for tofu, which is soy. Yes. Um, I know you said sesame seed, which is top eight, but it's top nine. And I'm allergic to sesame seeds. So I mm-hmm. caught onto that one. Uh, there was one more that you said. I'm trying to remember what it was. Can you repeat the ingredients? Yes. And I'll go slower. All right. Green onions, maple syrup, sesame seeds, red pepper flakes, liquid aminos. It was the liquid aminos. I'm not sure if those are wheat-based. I think they might be. I know that they're a substitute for soy sauce. Um, I'm going to guess that they're wheat-based, but I'm not positive on that one. So... This is something that I recently learned as well because I have I usually use liquid aminos and then I also know about like coconut aminos. Mm-hmm. So liquid aminos, it's a gluten free, but it still has soy in it. Interesting. I know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, like that. Like because I, I, I used to get liquid aminos and coconut aminos mixed up, and mm-hmm. I think coconut aminos has gluten in it, but it's soy free but it's soy free. Interesting. All right. That's good to know. 
Was I right on the bead curd bean yes. curd one? Yes, you were. Haha. <laughs> and I want to use that one because like again, you know, we talked about tofu and that's a name that a lot of people are more so familiar with. Mm-hmm. But like there's like little code names like bean curd. Bean curd. And even tofu, like I know a lot of people don't realize that tofu is soy. Right. Yeah. Or even like edamame. Like some people don't even know that either. Mm-hmm. Edamame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's not just I can't eat peanuts. There's more little hidden things. <laughs> so all the people who don't think that my allergies are serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll do one more. All right. Okay, so vanilla extract, unsweetened cocoa powder, sugar, dark chocolate, vegan butter, sea salt, ground flaxseed, water, all-purpose flour, and spelt flour. All right. So I know all-purpose flour is wheat. Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes cocoa powder um, can have milk in it. Uh, I know usually that it's just plain cocoa. Dark chocolate too. Dark chocolate doesn't always mean dairy-free. You can still find dark chocolate that has milk in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, hmm think that was all of them i might i might be missing one you are missing one the spelt flour which is why i really? put that in there because spelt you know some people use that instead of like all-purpose flour for things this was for a recipe for brownies and mm-hmm. spelt flour is made from wheat interesting okay i've i've heard of spelt flour before i couldn't remember if it was a gluten-free substitute i guess Mm -hmm. i was wrong yeah but that's why i wanted to you know do this game and that's why we're starting to do this game just to have it that was fun (laughs) yeah just to have it where like people learn different alternative names for a lot of different allergens Mm -hmm. that are out there because it's sometimes it's not just so black and white it's it's not it's really not the contained statements are helpful but even like, I know you said flax seeds and I know a lot of people have allergies to seeds and um, yeah. seeds that are more than just sesame seeds and those things aren't going to be like contains flax seeds, right? Um, so we have yeah. to, you know, always got to be diligent, always got to be checking labels. Yeah, it's it's so, one thing that I always like to say that I'm happy about having allergies is the fact that you're just so much more aware of what's going in your body and reading nutrition labels and having to look through ingredients. And, you know, I feel like in the long run, that makes you a little bit more aware of like the food that you're eating, which could equal sometimes, you know, having more of a healthier lifestyle and diet. I agree. I completely agree. It's, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, even things like, oh, Oreos are dairy free. Like, yeah, I knew that because I had to look it up. I had to, and knowing what goes into food, knowing what goes into my body, I find that I eat a lot less uh, packaged food, processed food, just partially because of the allergy, partially because I'm like, I don't know if I want to eat that. I just read the ingredients and now I don't want to eat that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I, I know some people's minds are like blown about um, Oreos. And mm-hmm. also I think another one might be uh, like Ritz crackers. Like some people think that there's like actual dairy in them, but they're not. Yeah. I, I actually didn't realize that people like thought that there was dairy in those until recently. But yeah, they don't have butter. I guess they're a buttery flavor. Sorry, I meant to talk about the vegan butter because sometimes those have soy, the vegan butters have soy in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to backtrack, but uh, to backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a good point because some people like 
they think that, oh, you know, this might be vegan or whatever. Oh, like it might mm-hmm. be dairy free or something, but they could be using soy, you mm-hmm. know, in the case that they're not using dairy or something like that to be able exactly. to provide that same. Yeah. Or like a lot of like a really popular thing now is like cashew milk and almond milk, yes. um, which for a while it was like soy milk was kind of my only option growing up. And now mm-hmm. there's almond milk and cashew milk and cashew cheese and almond cheese and cashew butter and all these different things that like obviously the soy based ones and the oat based ones would be safe for me but almond and cashew are a huge no-no yeah. I've even heard of I've even heard of macadamia nut milk which sounds disgusting <laughs> oh I see you cringing again I'm cringing <laughs> right like, it's uh, like I get it I get you want I get people want the vegan substitutions but like don't make it harder on those with nut allergies right <laughs> they're, they're literally milking everything like I feel like they're at milking this point, everything they're just milking everything like there's gonna be like a grass milk that comes out soon if it's not out already <laughs> honestly I would not be surprised I would not be even be a little bit surprised yeah <laughs> yeah hidden ingredients hidden everything But my last question for you is for people who are new to, you know, this whole world of allergies and intolerances, you know, what advice would you give them? So I think my biggest advice would be, this is something that I don't know if you know, Dr. Mike on YouTube. Um, He, he, he used this phrase um, when talking about the pandemic, he used this phrase at the beginning of the pandemic Um, to keep people, and he used the phrase alert, not anxious, be alert. Don't be anxious. Mm. Um, be aware, be cognizant, but don't let it, don't let your anxiety completely overtake you. Obviously anxiety is a really difficult thing to deal with. And I, I have my days where my anxiety completely overtakes me and I, I'm too anxious to eat anything besides food that I bought myself and made myself right. But for the most part, I will say, be alert. Don't be anxious. There are ways to do things safely. Like I said, I I eat in restaurants. Um, I do eat uh, packaged foods. Um, I don't completely cook every single meal for myself. And that's because I found the systems that work for me. I found the ways that I feel comfortable going about my life and doing things in a way that makes me safe. Um, Be alert. Talk to the people you need to talk to. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, And I don't want to say a healthy amount of anxiety because anxiety is terrible. And I don't know that there's a healthy way to have anxiety, but be alert, be aware, and do your best to not let your anxiety completely overtake you every day. Um, Again, I know that that's hard, but there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it. I like that. I like that. That's something that I'm definitely going to keep in mind because it's just so easy to get so wrapped up in your anxiety, whether that's from food allergies, dietary restrictions in general, other allergies, mm-hmm. or just anything that's going on in the world. Anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's very easy for it to overtake you and, you know, have that where that's the only thing that you're thinking about. Um, exactly. And there's obviously like, we have to have caution in everything that we do. Like this, that's what we've been saying this entire last like hour or so that we've been talking. You have to be cautious, but there are ways to do things in a safe way. Um, and, and there are ways to live your life as normally as possible with certain modifications to keep yourself safe. So yes, be alert, not anxious. Right. 
stolen from Dr. Mike. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit. I won't take credit for that. I'll give credit to Dr. Mike. Thank you, Dr. Mike. But I take credit for it in terms of allergies. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Sorry. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've just really loved just having just this diverse conversation about like everything um, in terms of like allergies or, you know, just being a vegetarian, just having dietary restrictions mm-hmm. in general. Um, it's just has been a really great conversation and I'm happy that you are on the show. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and yeah. So, so where can everyone find you at? So my Instagram is at serene safe underscore. So my name is S E R E N E S A F E underscore on Instagram. Um, and if you're interested in sharing your story or writing for the facing project, uh, the link is facingproject.com forward slash food allergies. Um, that'll take you to the sign up link and the website where you can read more about the project. Cool. Thank you so much, Serene. Thank you, Valencia. Again, thank you so much, Serene, for coming on the podcast. Really enjoyed having just such a really fun conversation with you about being a vegetarian with food allergies, you know, your experience and your journey with TIP, with the Southern California Food Institute, and just about, you know, college life, what it's like being a nutrition student, living with roommates while having food allergies, just so many good gems that were dropped in this podcast episode. So like Serene said, if you want to keep up with all the things that she's doing, make sure to follow her on Instagram, which is at serenesafe underscore to be able to keep in the know of what she's doing with, you know, her face and food allergies project, with her allergy friendly recipes, with her journey with tips. So make Make sure to follow her on her Instagram page. It's also linked in the show notes as well. And also make sure that you subscribe to the Oh My Allergies podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from us, subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to follow us on Instagram as well, which is at Oh My Allergies for really fun content. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. Hopefully it is five stars and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and people you don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.